It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. And this is the, um, I don't know what we're going to call this edition. We've got lots of different things to talk about. Um, I am Run, first of all. And I am Bump. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Uh, you? Good to see you, Bump. We're good to hear from you. You too. You as well. As you, survived the big, you survived the big snowstorm? I did. Yep. Um, it was, I got, I was involved in a couple of snowstorms, one uh, coming home from St. John where I was doing figure skating. Oh yeah. You got stuck there for and a then, few days. And then this one got stuck there for a day and then, uh, and then this one. Just one day? Only got stuck one day? Yeah. <laughs> we, we were lucky. Could have been a couple of days. I got stuck three days once in Prince Edward Island, which is not a bad place to get stuck if you got to get stuck. But it was, uh, but the st- we had another storm in Toronto. Do you know that this, the, so there's 21 centimeters of snow fell in Toronto as we're recording this, and that's the most snow in one f- snowfall since 1968. I didn't realize that. Wow, it's crazy. I don't think we, I don't think we got as much in my neck of the woods, but we got a bunch. I was driving home from uh, the head office there at TSN yesterday in the middle of the snowstorm. It took me two hours. Oh, well, that would be normally fun. takes me about 25 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. On to enough enough of our problems, right? First real problems. That's right. Here. So uh, we wanted to talk about a number of things here, and um, last week, of course, Justin Rose wins and puts to rest any um, any ideas that his new clubs from Hanma are going to be uh, an issue and <laughs> making the yeah, switch. No and uh, what a what a run this guy's been on! Like, talk about Mister Consistency. He's he really is amazing how he's been able to play so well. I think twenty four tops tens in his last thirty six starts. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, including like six wins. Right, and you know if. You know, everybody can crab about the number one world rankings and everything, but, you know, he goes out and wins. And, you know, right now he is the number one player. And if you had to pick another hot player, it was the guy that won on the other side of the world, Bryson DeChambeau, who's won four times in his last nine, That's... nine starts. But uh, it's, it's actually the second time that they've won in the same week. They also won last... I believe last October. That's right. That's right. You want to know something interesting uh, about about uh, Bryson DeChambeau? Mm-hmm. All his irons are the same length. Did you know that? That's right. I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows that. But um, he's quite a guy. He's quite an interesting cat. Yeah, those two guys are amazing, really. And the funny thing is, you know, as good as Justin Rose has been this week, he could lose number one easily yeah, to Brooks exactly. Kepka. Exactly to Brooks Kepka. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's you know, there's a, there's just a bunch of guys playing well, and Justin Rose has been one of those guys that's been on a crazy run the last 18 months. Uh, he's putting well, he's hitting the ball well. Uh, you know, even even bogeying what three of his first four or five holes. He had two double to start bogeys. the final he had, round. He had two double bogeys one round, and still and, shot and under still, par. Still shot under par. So when was the last time? Uh, when was the last time you did that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that time. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. Amazed by how well he played, and so the interesting story was on the on Sunday, he bogeyed three of his first five, I think, and yep. then got to the sixth hole, which is the par five, and made a, a, a like a bad par, and he drew a line on his uh, he drew a line on his card, and he said, "Okay, I'm the number one golfer in the world. I got to play like that from this point on, uh, no more bogeys." And he did. He played really well from that point in. So, mm-hmm. and so, he's and he's not playing with his regular caddy, who's. Uh, Oh, because of um, heart heart surgery, I believe. That's but, right. Uh, 
Um, so here's you know, a very, he is, he is amazing. Now here's something very interesting for you. I'm surprising you with this. I had a chance to sit down with Justin Rose, and you're going to hear that interview at the end of this podcast. Oh, cool. Um, this was at the Hanma event where he switched right. clubs. So we talked a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about working with Sean Foley. Um, and we talked a few th- a few different things, but uh, but about him being number one, and mm-hmm. um, and I had dinner with him with a bunch of people, not just me and him, but a bunch of people, and and someone raised a toast and said, "Here's to being number one," because he had just kind of moved back to number one. Right. And some and some guy said, "Would you hang on to it for for a little while? It's like getting dizzying trying to figure <laughs> out who number one is." So so you'll hear from Justin Rose at the end of this podcast, but we got some other things nice. that uh, that we want to talk about, and. Um, one of those took place at that tournament that you were talking about where Dashambo won, which was Hao Tong Lee um, became, I think, basically the first guy to get penalized pretty, yeah, pretty un- much the first, under the yeah. new rules. Um, when his caddy was acute, well, I guess the rule that he broke was that the caddy was lining him up, aligning the player. Up, yeah. Which, if you look at the video, looks ridiculous. What's your take? Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. Um, you know, the caddy wasn't even looking at the player he was looking at the line and you know i've read a lot about this because there's a lot you know there are people that are sticklers for the rules who say it was a clear rules violation and maybe it was by the letter of the book it seems to be the consensus by you know european tour ceo keith pelly and the rna and everybody brad fitch brad fitch texted me he said it was a violation but (laughs) You know, in the end, he's not gain- he wasn't gaining an advantage. And I think that's, that's part of what the rules are supposed to stop, is people gaining an advantage. Exactly. And, you know, I, who is it? Aaron Oberholzer said, when, when you, if you're going to help him, you know, his, ball, his, his club wasn't even behind the ball yet when the caddy was there. Caddy was moving so away. So therefore, the he can't thing, help him line, the line only thing, The only thing that was in place was his right foot when the caddy started moving right. away. And I don't know how that constitutes starting your setup, but that's the stupid thing. They try to make these rules easier, and it doesn't seem like they get any easier because no, of the determination. I, and really what it should be saying is, you know, don't don't line them up. Don't give them any intent to line them up. And clearly he wasn't lining them up here. No, I, I agree. I don't think he was lining them up. And it's just, you know, I, in the end, I don't know what's going to happen. But if this, is a, if this is supposed to be, you know, hey, we caught you. Now don't do it again. I guess Maybe. Maybe. that's that's great, but it just seems like you know they can enforce this rule right away, but they can't enforce slow play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like, you know, afraid. the only time they give a, give slow play penalties is twelve year olds at twelve uh, year old amateurs at the Masters. Like exactly. This, it's you know it's they it's like they pick and choose which ones they want to enforce. Well, how tongly. Uh, is out a hundred thousand bucks roughly grand, yep. for uh, for that that uh, penalty violation, and um, I think that stings. And a lot of players have been coming to his defense. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. anyway, doesn't seem very good to me. Yeah, um, the players think it was a bad decision. The rules guys think it was a good decision. Yeah, I had people so, like I sort of I sort of put a question out there. This is a rules violation on my Twitter, and I got both sides of that back and forth. Mm-hmm. And everyone saying, "Oh yeah, it's clear," and other people saying, "You know, just like what we're saying that there's no intent there." Obviously, so so how can you actually? Um, give this guy a penalty for that. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I don't get it. Anyway, I don't get it. Um, all right, there's another controversy going on this week in in the world of golf, and that is uh, there's a tournament play, taking place in Saudi Arabia, which ain't exactly the friendliest place <laughs> these days, especially if you're a no. journal, journalist. And um, and there's a number of players there. Assumingly, I mean, 
I'm going to presume they're getting a big check to show up. And right. some of the big names, I mean, there's, you know, Justin Rose is there, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Henrik Stenson, Sergio Garcia. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, four Bryson. of the top five guys, Patrick Reed. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there going, I don't know, Paul Casey is the only guy who sort of said, you know, I won't have anything to do with that. Now, he's a UNICEF ambassador, which is great, but mm-hmm. I can't understand why, um, you know, Justin Rose came out and said, I'm not a politician, but I, I don't know. I think you have to make a, a stand for your own there's, personal impact because specifically right. the guy who is charged with the killing of Jamil Khashoggi the uh, the Washington Post reporter or ordering it anyway is the guy who's putting this tournament on um, MBS uh, Mohammed bin Ben Salan so I just sort of think boy you got to make a statement here at some point if you want to have any scruples but I don't know it seems odd to me I, I agree it's you know it's and I, I, you know, maybe is it on the European tour to pull the event then too? Like, yeah, you know, could be too. this is this is the first event. This is the inaugural Saudi International. Um, it's you know, it's a t- it's always sensitive when you mix sports with with politics, uh, wor- with politics and world events and stuff like that. Because you know, when when the when the best player of this generation refused to engage in any sort of that, in anything like that, Tiger Woods, I think it's hard for some players to then do that themselves. But, uh, you know, at some point, these guys have a lot of money as it is. And yeah. they probably don't need the check. So you got to, it's just basic human rights is what we're talking about. Um, but you, you respect people's rights to choose. Um yeah. And I always find I always find it hard to make athletes uh, choose sides politically in, in certain things like that. Um, it just doesn't go together to me sometimes. But you know, it's just this one's a this one's a bad optics thing. I think so. In a lot for of everything ways. for everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if you want to get serious about uh, about evil people, I think you should go and play golf in North Korea with. Uh, the late Kim Jong Il, of course, you know, shot thirty four that one round or thirty eight on par right. thirty four, which was uh, was quite a round that he, he played. <laughs> Shouldn't really be laughing, but that's right. But anyway, there you go. Um, uh, other interesting news this week, of course, it's the uh, waste management, as some people call it, the wasted awesome. management. And uh, I read somewhere there was like all these uh, <laughs> at the, on the way out last year. They had a um, a thing where you could take a breathalyzer. And just right. see where you were, where you were able to drive, and there was four thousand people that failed it. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's <laughs> surprising. Yeah, you know, you get all this focus on the sixteenth hole, but there's a lot of other holes there that where there's that's right. know, a lot of people around, and there's a lot of going. I mean, it's easily the best attended tournament of the uh, of the PGA Tour by by a long shot. Um, and we should f- start off, of course, by saying that uh, a couple of Canadians got in. Well, actually, on Tuesday they were Monday qualifying, but they got in on Tuesday through the Monday qualifying and. Man, what a race that is! Listen, to, listen that's to this. A, listen to this. That's, this was the field. Of the, the Monday qualifier field had people, the players who were in it, 162 million dollars in PGA Tour earnings, 5,700 PGA Tour starts, 18 PGA wins, 42 Web wins, seven a, a European wins, three Asian wins, two Australasia, two Canadian Tour events. I mean, like the depth of these that's fields. Crazy. And yeah. two guys get two Canadians get through. David Hearn, of course, a veteran. That's the first time he's ever Monday qualified, by the way. And also um, Blair Hamilton, who's going to play his first event, PGA Tour event, outside the Canadian Open. Canadian and he Open. had to go through the pre-qualifier just to get to the qualifier to get in. And and, and those, t- like, it's especially this one, you know, I, I think there's a lot more 
I think there's a lot more people involved in these Monday qualifiers with this shortened schedule because players are obviously the players with the better status are playing a little bit more. But like, you got to shoot. You basically got to be six under at least. Oh yeah. To have any sort of hope. Yeah. And you know, imagine going through and you're three holes in and you're three over. Like you got no, you got <laughs> no. no hope. Uh, That's it's right. such a hard way to go about things. It's like um, uh, who last week, last week uh, Monday qualified and finished third. Well, there's been a couple that Corey Connors did it Corey Connors earlier, did it. and uh, Taylor Gooch last Taylor Gooch. Well, no, Taylor who, Gooch uh, didn't he get a sponsor exemption? I think Taylor. Oh, Gooch maybe got a it was. Exemption. Anyway, but you know. Oh no, Doug you know, Gim, been Doug, a, No, it's Taylor a, Gooch and Doug Gim got the sponsor exemption. That's right. Yeah, Taylor, and now he's in. He finishes third. Now he's in the, the waste management Phoenix Open. So. Um, you know, it's hard to that status. You know that that status, the one twenty six to one fifty, is is hard sometimes to get some events, especially now when uh, some of these top players are starting to play. Um, yes. But you know, five Canadians, five Canadians in all, with Adam Hadwin, Mac Hughes, and uh, and Nick Taylor in the field as well. Ben Silverman and actually was also in that Monday qualifying yes, shot sixty eight yeah. and was way back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Here you shoot four under, no problem. And you're way back. Yeah, you got to shoot um, 65, baby. That was it. Yeah. Um, the uh, it'll be interesting to see what Hadwin does. I think after his this is mm-hmm. the first one since he came so close at uh, at the Desert Classic a couple weeks ago. So I'm interested to see how he plays. Of course, this is kind of a home game for him. He's sleeping in his own bed, which yeah, is nice. Which is, it's got to be nice. Always um, nice. It's a. I, it's. I like this event, and you know, it's they've they've done well for themselves. Um, and in doing what they do, and you know, you say what you want about the 16th hole. You know, I was looking at highlights today, and you know, back when Tiger got his hole in one in '97, there wasn't any. There, the stands weren't there yet, but people were going nuts, and they were throwing their beers on the at what he's, as he's walking. And then it happened a few years ago with Molinari when Francesco Molinari got, got a hole in one there. Oh my God, they're just it's it's a fun hole. For what it is, a it's, one-off, it, once a year, once a year. And yeah. I mean, I've I've sat in. I did a thing years ago where I sat in the stands, and it wasn't the stands like it is now. It was not quite ringed all the way around, but it was pretty close. And you know, people were yelling and screaming, "Well, well guys, you're putting!" Mm-hmm. Like they don't even care if you're playing right. a shot or not. The other thing that happens is there's a guy who hands out a sheet, and uh, and it's got all it's got all the players on it and all sorts of little information about them, so people can yell stuff at them, That's like the their best. ex like their ex wives' names or. Uh, the one one was funny was the pants size, and uh, and then the other thing the players do is you know they go up and and they hand stuff out. They're only allowed to hand it out. They can't yep. throw it up. And one of the reasons they can't throw it up is uh, in part because of a guy like Brad Fritsch who was doing a deal with the Ottawa Senator. So he brought a whole bunch of pucks, and he started throwing them into the crowd. And I think he hit some guy in the head or something <laughs> with his puck and hit him. I guess you're not expecting to get hit in the head with a puck when you're at a golf no. tournament, but. Uh, but it is fun. It is interesting to see. But there is a lot of drinking that goes There's on there. A man. lot it's of drinking. And they, they have tried to tone it down too. They've, yeah. You know, remember they used to have the caddy races, which was awesome. Yeah. And then they cut that out because they didn't want people to get the caddies although, to get hurt. Although there are still guys caddies who will ignore that and do it, yeah, or they, they do still the, ignore or it. the speed walk. And the other and thing, the, the, other the, the other thing that happened, yeah. the other thing that happens is, um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Well, I don't know how I put this, but there's a lot of sex that goes on in the uh, portalettes. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not from personal experience, mind you, but, but just from talking to the cop on the year I was there. Uh, it's it's a it's a crazy tournament. It's a crazy hole, you know, which is an easy hole. Like it's 178 for yards. what it is, like 178 yards, like a 
eight iron for these guys, eight, nine iron. I think guys have wedge in there sometimes. Yep. It's, you know, but when you put 40,000 people around it, or whatever the number is, 25,000 to 40,000 people 20, 20, around 000, it. 20,000, 20,000. 20,000. And it's, and they're, and they're yelling, and they're, and they're going nuts. And you know if you miss the green, you're going to get booed. There's a little bit of pressure there. Yeah, you're and, right. And, and I then think, you add the fact that you want to score well in the tournament. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's especially if you're if you're coming down the last few holes, you're trying to make the cut, or you're trying to get close to the lead. Man, it's an intimidating. It, it can be some in, some intimidating golf for such a tame hole, really. Mike Mike Weir told me that when he used to play, that he, you, you go through this tunnel basically from the 15th yep. to the 16th tee, and he says as soon as he he appeared on the other side of the tunnel. The whole place started singing the national, the Canadian national anthem. That's awesome. <laughs> Just funny too, but that's so awesome. I, lots you of good know, stories. You know they 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 wear the jerseys. A lot of guys wear jerseys. Like yeah. John Rahm will come out in the Arizona State jersey as an Arizona Mac, State. Mac grad. Hughes wore a Leafs jersey. He did. Yeah, last year did the Austin Matthews jersey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, of course. Like I, last year it was Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, and Ricky Fowler, I believe. Okay. Either last year or two years ago, we're playing together, and Fowler hit it to like six feet. Got a massive ovation. Spieth hit pin high, twenty feet away, and they fifteen to twenty feet away. They booed him. <laughs> it's a tough, tough and crowd. He's he's like looking up, and Greller, Michael Greller, is cat. He's laughing. John Rom's <laughs> laughing. It's, you're not they're not supposed to boo. And then Rom hit it to the fringe and got booed. The home guy, hometown guy, got booed. It's pretty funny. Oh boy. Oh um, boy. It's a it's an interesting hole, an interesting tournament, and oh you wow. know some good. You know you got guys like. You know, Hideki Matsuyama won there last year. You know, Phil's playing again, his record 30th. Almost, Almost had a 59 there. That's right. That's um, right. It'd be interesting Some cool to see. moments from that, uh, from that, um, All right. you know, from well, that uh, hole in course. Well, um, on that note, I think what we'll do is depart here and let you listen to my interview with uh, Justin Rose, world number one. This is before he won, uh, of course, the tournament last week. So this is basically announcing his switch over to Hanma. Uh, mm-hmm. irons and clubs of which he had 11 in the bag when he did win last week so uh, we'll hear that and uh, we will uh, be back with you next time here on Bumper See you later. All right Justin Rose um, a lot of people might say coming off a great year wonderful season and here you go changing your golf clubs tell us the whole scenario of yeah. why you decided to make the change well, you know, the change was made actually early in the season. You know, things like this don't happen overnight, and it uh, wasn't like it was uh, the 12th hour, I got to world number one, and got a great deal and, and made a change. You know, this happened probably back in May, June, that I knew things were going in this direction, and um, I, was, I was basically looking for, for a company to be able to support me into the prime of my career here. Um, I, I felt really good about the energy behind the brand, and I felt amazingly confident in the, the craftsman and the attention to detail and you know the heritage that Homer make in terms of making beautiful golf clubs, um, which obviously speaks to my irons. Obviously, I always knew that you know Japanese steel is unrivaled through centuries, and uh, you know it's it's um, yeah basically having 300 master craftsman in Japan just, just just sweating the details you know and, and there's been such a collaborative process to to basically have a set of clubs that I've been able to have a, a have a say on how I want them to look to the to the groove length to the offset to the pinch in the toe to the, you know to the camber on the sole however it is um, it, you know I feel like they're mine and I think that buy-in means so much you know and uh, 
yeah, changing equipment, sure, it's never ideal, but if people got to realize, even if I'd stayed at TaylorMade, I'd be changing equipment this year. There'd be a new set of irons, there'd be a new line of drivers. You know, we're used to this. We're used to changing equipment. So, yeah, you know, there's a different name on the back of the club, but the process has been very much the same. And was it a bit of a gamble back in May, June? Sure, it probably was a little bit, you know, and, uh, but... You know, the team here at Homer aren't putting pressure. They want me to play the best stuff for me to perform well. And I have, you know, plenty of leniency and leeway to say, right, you know, hey, certain elements of the bag aren't quite there yet. I'm going to continue playing what, what I have been. But every time I've challenged them with a part of the bag, they've responded and I've been incredibly impressed and surprised at the level of performance, especially in the driver. The speed in the driver has been mind-blowing, consistently. Uh, two, three, four mile an hour quicker every time I've tested it. And um, that's kind of hard to not want to play. <laughs> yeah. When you're putting the new clubs in the bag, what's the first thing? Wa- walk me through the process of, is, is the first thing that appeals to you is the look, and then you got into the performance? How does that work when you walk through those steps? I think when you're talking about a set of blades, you've got to think that performance really isn't going to be greatly different to another set of blades. I think a blade is all about a player's personal taste and preference in terms of how it looks. You need to get certain elements right. You know, you need to get um, the CG right. You need to get the, 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 the sole of the leading edge, the bounce, you know, how it goes through the ground right. And then the rest is going to be kind of the shape and the preference in terms of how you like to look and the offset. Um, so the stage I'm in now is just making sure my loft and lies are all perfect. Like if I'm missing five iron, three or four yards right, um, you know, is it a half a degree flat? And just just really fine tuning the loft and lies. Um, but the, the the feel, the sound, all of that has been kind of worked on and, and dialed in, and, and it really wasn't difficult at all. They came out pretty much perfect from you know the first rendition. The only thing I've changed is like just the shape on the toe a tiny bit. So it's been pretty easy from that point of view. Um, the capability to forge something that is very similar to what I've been currently using is unbelievable. So again, it's uh, you know, the changes aren't great in certain areas of the bag. Um, and I have a little bit of leeway in the deal, which is great. It's a 10 club deal, so there's, there's elements there. And that's kind of one of the biggest things. I wanted flexibility going forward. I wanted a brand to be able to work with me, to give me the, you know, the majority, the bulk of my set. Because if you have free reign completely, you drive yourself crazy. So um, obviously to be with a brand that I felt could make me uh, exactly what I wanted with the quality I need was obviously I felt like Homer delivered on that. Um, but then also I have a little bit of scope with golf ball, whether it be a you know a wedge that I like, whether it be a different putter brand, whatever it is, um, which I felt were like performance enhancing bits of the of the bag. You know, if you find a putter you love, that's invaluable. If you find a golf ball that you love, that's invaluable. So I felt like there were a couple of little performance areas that could be down the road because you don't know how the landscape of golf is going to change in the next two, three, four years. Who's bringing out what? So I felt like the nuts and bolts were covered and covered in a great way. And then I have a bit of flexibility here and there. Honestly, now before they came to you, I know you and Mark and John have a long history together. But how much did you know about Hanma? You know, I, I knew I, I was aware of the brand. I've seen it a ton in Asia. I knew they made really cool clubs. Um, I'd seen even European tour players using it like way back, the blades and what have you. Um, didn't know a ton about it. Right. But yeah. I mean, I played with uh, Tanahara son in uh, at the Scottish Open in um, July, and he saw me fiddling with all of his clubs, looking <laughs> at them. You know what I mean? So I was trying to get a gauge on them as well. You know, right. even though we were kind of negotiations were were steaming ahead, I was still trying to 
you know, yeah, do a little bit of uh, research and uh, what have you. But it was when I first started speaking to the Mark, I wasn't CEO yet, and uh, when he came on board, I mean, it just reassured me so much more. And I know, you know, I know his mentality. He doesn't get behind something that he doesn't believe in, and. Uh, he, when he gets involved, he normally he normally wins, you know. And he, you know, he's a he's a great leader. So he's passionate, he's energetic. So I felt like we're part of something pretty special here, you know. A little transition period, and um, I think it's a brand that has a ton of history behind it. Yet it feels like a brand new brand, especially uh, in you know on, in in the states and in Europe. Uh, and you can't let you go without asking about our Canadian boy uh, Sean Foley, and uh, yeah. and how is he working with you in these new clubs, and how's he working out overall? The llama, we call him by the way, yeah, the Dalai Lama. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I love Foles to bits. I was just with him obviously this last weekend. Uh, we haven't seen each other for maybe five or six weeks, and uh, you know he was enjoying watching me hit balls again. He's got such a passion for it. Um, he's in great shape and I think he's really impressed with what he's seeing you know he's, he's liking the way I'm hitting the driver especially and you know um, yeah I mean listen there's the unknown isn't there we're stepping into the unknown I'm starting a new season with new stuff and um, but at the end of the day you've got to trust uh, you got to trust the Indian you know and I, I'm, I'm playing some great golf and like I said the changes that I've made I feel like they are they're steps forward I really truly honestly feel that so from a playing point of view I'm stepping into the season with confidence and um, you know that's testament to myself and how I've been playing but it's also testament to, to the company here that they've they've stepped in and challenged the status quo really it's what they've done and um, they, and, they, and they've delivered and you know I'm a pretty decent barometer for that you know the best player I'm not saying I'm the best but I'm, I'm ranked the best player in the world right. you know if you can deliver for that guy you can do a good job for everyone else perfect thanks Justin all right